1985, Dr. Dani Tsapurg founded a business school. An accident led her to include art as part of the new business school studies. Why business schools need art? What does it mean to study with film directors, musicians, or other artists? What does it mean to work for ideas, not only for money? And how Danica managed to transform a small business school in Slovenia into a leading one, an act that won her the 2010 International Educator of the Year Award by the Academy of International Business. Leadership, business education, and of course, art are today's episode topics. So let's start. We are being told to choose between the left and right brain, between studying art and engineering, between creative and analytical thinking. Our society tells us that art and business are not connected. But what if society is wrong? What if it misleading us? The good news is that understanding what art is can bring us to a new revelation. Art does matter in innovation, technology, and entrepreneurship. And with the help of this podcast and its guests, you as well will learn that art is not an object. Art is a mindset. You are listening to the Artian Podcast with me, Nir Hindi. Hey again, thanks for coming back. If you have been working in the business world or wanting to get there, you are familiar with the well-known degrees popular in this area. Accounting, finance, marketing, business, and on top of all is the MBA, Master in Business Administration. As an MBA myself, and today an adjunct professor in IE Business School, the school I graduated from, I can speak with you about the value of MBA. But here is a question. What if your MBA professors were actually film directors, painters, musicians, and other artists? What would you think then? This is the core idea behind IEDC Bled School of Management in Slovenia. And it's the idea of the founder and current president, Professor Danicav Pog. Dr. Pog is a pioneer in the field of art and leadership. She started in 1985, merging the two. She is an active member of the business education world. She is the president of the International Association for Management Development in Dynamic Societies. Since January 2021, she is the president of Alliance of Management Development Associations in Rising Economies. She has received numerous national and international awards for her outstanding achievement in the field of international business education. The President of the Republic of Slovenia awarded her with the Honorary Order of Freedom for her contribution. In December 2018, she received the highest French Order of Merit, National Order of the Legion of Honor, and she has many more. So you can understand how lucky we are to have Dr. Pog on this podcast. But above all the titles, you're going to meet an amazing woman. A woman full of energy. A woman that knows how to set a vision and achieve it. A woman that values creativity and pushes for it. Hey, Danica, welcome to the Artian Podcast. Hello, hello. I'm super excited because you are a pioneer in the field of art and uh, management. But before we will get into these things that you are doing, I'm interested, can you introduce yourself briefly to our listeners? Yes, of course, with big pleasure. My name is Danica and I am uh, from Slovenia. I'm from all the beginning, from my youth, early youth, I was always interested in to do the things, you know, for better. Always, I was leading as a child already, you know, the little teams in the village, etc. Later, I went to study political science. I wanted to be an actress. So I have a little bit of art blood, you know. 
but I didn't get a scholarship. So I decided then to go to political science where I got the scholarship and I was in any case interested in politics too. Uh, I graduated at university in Ljubljana. Then I went, in the meantime, I also went to study to the United States and to Sorbonne for a year. I also worked there all the time to, you know, to survive, to pay my studies. Then I uh, went to work to Belgrade for four years because I heard that they have many, many theaters and I like to go to theaters. And <laughs> I worked in the capital of Yugo, former Yugoslavia, which was very, very interesting. And then I returned and I uh, became a faculty member, firstly at the Faculty of Organizational Work. I was very much interested in the meaning of work, how to make this work more meaningful for, for people, especially for workers. I made some films about that in that period. And then I got an offer to make a first management school in Eastern Central Europe. And then, of course, my interesting life only started always interesting and today uh, it is 35 years that I am a president of the Blade School of Management. There is something unique about this school. The school's entire philosophy is art-based. Even though it's a business school, you integrated art as a coherent, inherent part of the studies. Now, it starts with the school's location and architecture. It continues in the working and learning spaces that all include contemporary art. And obviously, it goes into the program itself. And I'm very much interested because you did it in 1985. First of all, I'm very grateful for you, Danica, to bring art into business in 1985. What led you to think that way? What led you to connect art and business in 1985 so early? Yeah, I was thinking always, you know, that I want to do something for the society, something useful, something meaningful. That was always my credo, my motto. In fact, it started with uh, ethics because I was already in uh, 1987-88. I already had then ethics in our MBA program as an obliged subject. And with art, I started like that, that we were in the residence of former President Tito having the school in a hotel next to the residence. And it was pretty boring because it was in a big park, no buses driving there, nothing. So since I was always interested in art, I invited all the time some actors in the evening or some uh, musicians, etc., to make something special for our students. If we have the ears to hear it, we must grow the ears to hear the questions. And then we have to learn to ask the questions out of the answers that are everywhere. That is what we work with managers and with leaders, to learn how to ask the questions. And also I had a friend, Micha Pogacnik, a famous violinist, not so much for playing the violin, although that he does well too, but more that he understood that you can learn something from music. And he is still, I believe, the unique person in the world. And he is in the same town living where I was for a long, long time till recently. And so I invited him often too. And in fact, he was supporting what I was doing, you know, to, to see what the 
to make a comparison what the classical music can bring to people uh, and what the jazz can bring. And I made a parallel between leadership and etc. And then I saw more and more, the more I knew about it, the more I realized how, in fact, you can learn, how the conductor can learn from leaders, how the leaders can learn from the conductor. And people are wrong if they think that I was only bringing conductor to learn from him. I also invited once for two days, or even three, I forgot already, some days, 13 conductors to the school yeah. in leadership. Before we get into this, I, I want to ask you, because you started with music, and now you are also uh, using film, you're using visual arts, you're using, obviously, music, performance. So I'm, I'm wondering how today the program looks like. What students actually study today in 2021 in your MBA? Yeah, what I wanted to say is that, in fact, I started by accident. Then I was empowered by Micha, you know, and then I learned more and more how this goes and how this is a big, uh, in fact, value adding, you know, to the studies. If you can, through the metaphors of art, teach people more about leadership. So if you ask me, you know, I have to say that that uh, classical way of educating business leaders and entrepreneurs in functional courses does not respond anymore to the needs of business as part of society and that it's more holistic approach needed and empathic attitude is required. And so art and science are in, also science are increasingly seen as a means to develop more creative and innovative leaders. And of course, I shall explain more, uh, more about the concretely how we do it. But before that, I would like to say that establishing and maintaining change leadership requires multi-sided talent. That means that you need brains, that you need guts, and that you need heart. All that, you know. And the, a new leadership paradigm where we are talking about better world, inspiration, farsighted, to be farsighted leaders have to be vision, mission, strategy, cooperation, delegation, ethics, responsibility, society at large, developing senses. That's very important. And so all these things, you know, which are now in front of us when we teach leadership, it is really possible to bring through with, with the art and also with philosophy. You know, art and philosophy traditionally had an important place in our education because it was enriching our understanding of language and also expressed spoken language. So we are in our school, if I give example of, of music, I shall tell you why music. I think that music is the easiest to do, you know. I shall give you some examples. What can we do with different arts? Music is very much touching you, you know. You, you, because, and Edgar Schein, the famous professor of organizational behavior and organizational culture, who is my friend, I can say, and I'm very proud of that, he uh, said and wrote, art is helping us to see more, to hear more, and to feel more. Leadership is fundamentally a very personal thing, and a, a person has to have more than competencies. They have to have an artistic impulse. Great leadership acts and great management acts, we think of them as that was beautifully done. There's always an artistic 
component to when people do great things. And therefore, in developing leaders, I think people should get in touch with their own artistic impulses and value them. Art is putting us in touch with our creative self. You know, and if I'm thinking of hearing more, then you listen to the music and you are hearing the conflict in the music. And then at the end, the harmony. You are hearing in music the chaos. And then you hear the order again, you know. It's kind of music you are listening to. And Miha Pogacnik said once at his lecture, he said, you are first degree of listening. We have four degrees of listening, he said. First degree is just the noise, you know. When people are talking and disputing, etc., noise. And he said only the fourth one is really putting yourself in the shoe of somebody else trying to understand this person, and it is really listening. And I shall never forget how I went one uh, to his lecture, to Ljubljana, driving my car, and then I called my colleague, one of my employees, who was just uh, expecting the baby. And then, you know, I called her and we were disputing something about the work, etc. And I can tell you these disputes became worse and worse And we finished, you know, she was, I believe, exhausted and I was exhausted. And then I went out of the car. I really felt bad. And I came to the lecture after some, you know, 50 meters to that hotel where was the lecture. And then Miha started to talk about noise and, you know, how we should listen to each other, etc. And then I said to myself, how stupid I was to talk from the car, the delicate stuff. I should meet this lady, you know. How stupid I was, we were just disputing, etc. I can tell you, this was probably one of the biggest lectures as a leader. You know, because I'm also a leader, I'm not teacher only. I'm primarily leader as a dean and president of Blitz School of Management. I, I made, you know. So I'm really believing that, you know, when we ask students to conduct, to do all kinds of things we do with music and compare, but it's not only to compare. This is like a first degree in art and leadership, you know, that you compare the conductors and everybody tries to do that and copies everybody. <laughs> but I, I deeper this, you know, I try to go deeper with art. So, so, so wait, wait, I want to ask you a few things. First of all, I really like it. What you said that every leader need a brain, need a gut and need a heart and art can actually bring us those uh, things. And then you mentioned that seeing more, hearing more and feeling more. And I really love how you frame it actually that you just in one lecture or maybe even in 10 minutes of the lecture just realized that the way you managed the team was through noise and not real uh, listening. And what are other some of the courses that you teach your students in order to develop them as a more holistic leaders? Yes. For instance, you know, if you ask an MBA student which style of leadership you have, that person will not know to respond. So what we do is with one of the very experienced professors in business and in art, you know, he's an artist by himself, but he was a, a big expert in Netherlands for corporate governance. He is having half a day personally lecture on artistic styles, starting with Romanesque and then, you know, going through all this uh, gothics and, uh, and Baroque and Renaissance, etc., etc., and modern art at the end. And so he's explaining that. And through the music, 
through the architecture and through the painting. Firstly, he has a lecture. So managers are learning more about art in this way also, which is very important because I think that managers really should be multi-dimensional personalities. This is also what I'm fighting for. I think that managers should be bigger intellectuals than they are. So that means more reflective persons, etc. So he is firstly doing this and then, you know, showing the styles. Then he is putting on the screen 20 photos of the most well-known leaders, politicians, like De Gaulle, like Margaret Thatcher, like Tito, like Gorbachev, like, you know, leaders that people know. Also Berlusconi, you know, for fun. And then asking students, looking to all that, what we now explained, for instance, Gothic style is something which is very disruptive style because the styles before Gothics were very different. And so Gothic is a metaphor for change management. And so he is saying, who from these guys was a Gothic, having a Gothic, uh, some similarities with the Gothic (laughs) style of leadership and who is manneristic and who is this and who is that? And then realistic, impressionistic. And so etc. And then people start to talk about that and trying to guess who is who. And then when they go through this exercise, he is saying, and now each of you will get up and talk about his or her own leadership style. And this is, in fact, this is the aim that we should do, you know, with this through these exercises. He brings them to that. And then they are talking about standing up and in front of 30, 40 people talking about themselves. You would never get anybody to stand there in front of everybody and talk about all this, you know. Yeah, the leadership style. And I really like it, as you say, kind of letting them speak about themselves through a different medium. And I wonder another kind of question that I had, and you started to mention it in your answer, and you said that managers should be more intellectuals. Yes. Why managers should be intellectual? They should basically, what we say in the business world, they should focus on the bottom line, more profit. Why we need the intellectuals? Can you tell me about that? Yes, it's not difficult at all. Managers managing, leading very complex and more and more complex situations. And, uh, and in these complex situations, you have to be very innovative, very creative not only to survive, but also to make something new, to innovate and to create new values, etc. So it's uh, absolutely, you, we have to help them with the art that they boost their creativity. They are uh, more reflective. I am a manager and I see myself, how I'm running through the life, how they don't have, how I don't have time to stop, how when people are, catching you in the street or somewhere and saying, oh, can you explain us this? Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. And I see my colleagues do the same, you know. <laughs> this is not a life. This is not a contribution to the better world if we don't have time to stop and to listen to somebody who has perhaps some good ideas or who has a problem. So I think that in these times so of globalization, digitalization, and big data, we managers have big problems to see an information, unbelievable quantity of information. They are hardly seeing the opportunity for their business. They can't make a selection 
what is important, what is not, what is the priority, what is meaningful life, meaningful full work. We have to stop to reflect and art is helping in this process. You say something very, very interesting for me because, you know, I also did a, an MBA. And one of the things that you pay attention normally in MBAs is that most of the students will rank the soft skills at the bottom of the importance. And what happened is that five years after they graduate, they actually realized that the most important courses were the soft skills. I wonder, kind of going back to something you said, you said about the importance of showing managers and helping them develop and foster their creativity. And I, I wonder, what would you say to a manager that come to the class and tell you, Danica, it's great, but I'm not creative. It's not for me. What do you tell them? <laughs> you know, first of all, I would like still to add something. You know, I mentioned creativity and inspiration and all that, because I always say I like people who come to study to my school to bled, to go inspired home, not only to know more and to develop their intuition and to develop their mindset that they are becoming more open, you know, more open for new things, etc. So this I may not forget to say still. But otherwise, you know, I am, it was much more difficult some years ago, you know, like 10 years ago, when we started with art and leadership, because then nobody had that. Now there are the schools trying and doing their best in this field and we write more, we talk more, we, we have in our in brochures, although still not enough yet. And so people become already before, they are prepared already that there will be something like that. But otherwise, I have to tell you, it was like that in the beginning, that one third of people were completely refusing to learn art, you know, refusing. They, they didn't show any sympathy for that. And they said, why, what for? The other third was, was kind of doubting about, but still doing it. And the first third, was the one who were really hoping to get something from that. And they were really wishing to have art and leadership, you know, they were curious. And then, of course, we started with simple things, with simple art. You know, I always make an introduction. One thing I learned, I had to go to INSEAD uh, next morning, and I was letting a ballet dancer with them, you know, and everything was falling apart. After some hours, they were not seeing the meaning of what she does. So I said, I shall always, always make a very thorough introduction. And I do. And then one of part of introduction is also when I talk about art metaphors in business. And I'm saying, look how we are even using the knowledge, the language of the, of the art in the business. Like we say, that sounds well, a good solution. You know, that sounds well. This is like music. We say, oh, this is a positive picture. We say building an image. We say in the frame of, that's a symbol for picture. Singing the same song, like in the hymn, we have to be singing the song. Then we say playing the first violin. You know, somebody in the team plays the first violin. Then we are saying playing a role from theater. Great performance. We talk all the time about performance. So there are many things that we can, you know, we start in an easy way. And then we do also with the theater, we bring the group theater and they play like an alienated uh, husband or wife who comes from the work home. 
and then they play real actors you know they play how the husband comes tired from the job having all the time problems with people etc and then coming home and then the wife who was old that is stereotype i have to say that because it's it's opposite too i come often home exhausted till the end and my husband who was at home because he is now retired he is waiting that with him but i'm so tired that i can't you know so such a things you start to realize uh, then you you realize also how this clones you know were always capable you, you remember the stories out of the castles that they were the royal families royal king had such a clones you know? and then this one was telling the truth from uh, the only one who dared to say the truth to the king they are like from theater we can learn also how to be persuasive you know this is in the communication part of the the skills we can learn a lot of communication skills from all this uh, Arts, I want to go back to the question. So how do you maybe engage the one that tell you I'm not creative it's not for me I don't see the value in art. How do you help them maybe see it differently? Yeah, I can tell you you can't do too much. We go just go on with the program. They are obliged this is an obliged part of the program so they are listening. You can see on their faces that they are not too happy some of them. but you know then it comes to the click so we don't have this anymore this one third one third one third but we have perhaps still 5% of people at the end whom we still did not convince after all these lectures after all the beautiful music after inviting painters in the school and then telling people look you know we are show we have 200 paintings in the school top quality paintings and then we send them the students to see the paintings and to tell which painting they like and with which one they identify everybody finds something and then we make some interviews with students then they say some of them they are they are all very sincere arts are a good uh, instrument to teach leadership so i was a bit suspicious but when i come when i saw what is the point uh, i was really i was really engaged it, it engaged me uh to think and they say yeah i was having some doubts in the beginning but now i don't anymore then you know like you said later uh, after a year or two when they come back they say the nicest i shall never forget how i was conducting or they say this and this was the nicest so we in fact got them already on our side and they are expecting that and now they would be disappointed if we didn't have them i think that more important is not the 5% that are not convinced is the 95% that are convinced and i think it's uh it's impressive to kind of see it so maybe i will ask you kind of general question about the skills because i also want to ask you you don't only bring art to the program as you just mentioned you bring it into the physical space so what are maybe in a list what are the some of the skills that business leaders can learn from art based on your experience You already mentioned few of them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it depends very much whether something is skill or something is attitude, you know. They also change the attitude. And uh, perhaps is one of the skills we could still say that reflection is a part of the skill or is a skill and that is quite a powerful skill, reflection. Then I think vision, visioning, you know. it's also a kind of skill intuitive skill 
etc. So intuition also they are learning much more. I don't know what, what would you call creativity, but you know, it's not a knowledge, but it's not a typical skill neither. So they open mindset, that's more attitude, transformative mindset, all this, uh, this catalytic mindset, or, you know, where one person sets the direction and it goes and it's like a leader, artistic leader brings them through, you know. So we are using also film and we have, this is perhaps also the most impactful part of the um, studies where we invite a Sarajevo film director, Haris Pashovic. I show several scenes from different movies that um, that are interesting for particular uh, leadership skills. Very, very reflective and a very great uh, film director and theater director. He brings some fantastic people and he brings them with him some movies and then he is showing these movies and discussing with people the ethical issues. So you are not teaching people what is ethical, what is not, but you are letting them reflect through the film, through impactful images, what is in that situation, what was ethical and what was not. So, you know, you can learn so much, but I say it's also attitude. You know, you become a better human being. Once two guys, it's already 10, 15 years ago too, they, two Macedonian guys made an interview for their newspaper when they returned from our MBA, executive MBA. So they were about 30, 35. And then they were, you know, talking and talking with the journalist. And then at the end, one of them said, when I came home from the studies, of course, in my company, they saw how much I learned, how much I know, how I can use the knowledge immediately. But my family said that I became a better human being. For your work as the dean, in 2010, the prestigious US-based Academy of International Business actually named you Dean of the Years. Hello and welcome back to FT Business School. Danica Perg, Dean of IEDC Bled School of Management in Slovenia and founding president of the Central and East European Management Development Association. You're definitely doing things right with the, this bravery of putting art in business. So I want to ask you another question, because there is also a case study that com- consists of four different case studies about you. And while I was preparing for our conversation, I read the cases and I want to quote one of the sentences you said and ask you about it. OK, and you said and I'm quoting, I'm particularly upset by people who work just for money. I need money, too. But basically, I work for ideas. What does it mean to work for ideas? You know, as I said again, the work has to be meaningful. I could never, ever work in a company where I would just do something and then earn the money, etc. Never. That's why I have a job which is not so terribly well paid, you know, but I have a lot of pleasure because it has a meaning, because I see how I can make impact. You know that they were almost 100,000 people in our school already studying short programs, long programs, everything included, and from more than 100 countries. So I don't, I certainly don't like an MBA participant who comes to study because he read or she read somewhere in the newspapers that 
you will be, be get better salary when you have an MBA in your pocket. This is terrible for me. And you know what is even more terrible? That the schools are making publicity for that. In, when you finish our school, you will get more money. You know, they don't say you will change the world for a better place, or you will help so many people to get a job, or you will, you know, make society concerning the climate better place, etc., etc. You know, this is hurting, and I am uh, certainly somebody who is well known for this fight. You know, I also have, I'm also running, a, I'm president of an association of 200 business schools from 55 countries called Seaman. I established that 28 years ago. And there, you know, we are talking about relevance of management education, how management education should have a role to change the society. So I think that every manager is responsible for more than his pocket, for more than his company, for more, you know, than his family, et cetera, and the company organization, but responsible for society at large. Moving maybe from shareholders to the stakeholders. Stakeholders value, yeah, of yeah. course. That we talk. And, you know, other associations are also talking about. But I would like that they give to schools the accreditation on the basic of that, and not only on the basic how many articles they published in some scientific journals, which all my respect, I also publish in scientific journals, but this is not the most important. The most important is how you are professionally uh, working for a better world. So at least one recommendation that we can take from this conversation is work for ideas, not only for money. That's for sure. So, you will be happier too. You will be happier too. I, I totally with you on that. I always say that I love myself more than I like my bank manager. And I always try to do what I love and I believe in. There was another beautiful moment that I read in the case. And in the case, it was describing a moment that you were preparing to host big conference about the school. And in the invitation, your team prepared and wrote the word ROI, return on investment, together with the words vision and creativity. And you demanded immediately to remove it. Why did you ask to remove the word ROI from the invitation and keep the vision and creativity? <laughs> you know, if you make conferences, you usually make a big event and you make an event which is above the usual everyday life, above the factory place, above the company place, etc. So you are talking about bigger issues and in that bigger issues to ask for return on investment, it's a little bit funny, you know. So uh, then you don't convey the message I wanted to convey. I don't have anything against return on investment. But it was not a proper moment and a proper place because, you know, we have international conferences about women leaders, about Europe of the future, about what can we learn, um, from which professions we can learn more in management. Because you will be very surprised, but you, we can learn very much from biology, for instance. We have this famous professor, Dominique Turk. Uh, he is writing about that, you know. So I'm inviting such a people for a conferences where we are really reflecting on the future, et cetera, and then ROI doesn't have a place there. 
I, I want to also, we didn't speak about it at all, but you made sure that art will be present not only in the program. You touched it upon when you mentioned the painting, but you also made sure that the whole architecture, that the whole environment will be inspiring for creative thinking. Can you tell us about what you did with the building, with the art collection you did, and why you think it's important? I, we started the school in the hotel next to the residence of late President Tito, which was a kind of a hotel, not public hotel, but more or less, you know, private in the sense that these functionaries were coming there, etc. And, and there were a lot of very good painting. That was, in fact, a park around, so we could be in peace, etc. But it was otherwise, for, for the rest, it was annoying. And when I was leaving that place, so I was looking for a long time how to go out of this bureaucratic place, you know, to make my school where I am responsible, whether the windows are clean, whether people are behaving nice, whether they have enough flowers, etc., etc., so I found, somebody suggested to me, go to Bled, which is considered as one of the 10 most beautiful places in the world. I don't know whether you realize that, but CNN said that Bled is one of the 10 nicest lakes in the world. And, you know, and recently it was published somewhere again, etc. So Bled is absolutely a, 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 an icon, you know, in beautiful place, very inspirational place with the lake. Then around the lake, uh, the mountains, very high mountains, the castle up, and then on the in the middle of the lake, an island. And do you know that this is the only island that Slovenia has? And <coughs> this island is a small church, and 99 steps up, where people go to marry. You know, this church is not active, but they go to marry to, to walk, you know, on that steps. Or if the husband is a strong guy, he's carrying his bride up, you know, and then they move stairs pulling the bell and having the dishes and such a nice ceremony, you know, and you go there by boat in a beautiful piece on the lake, etc. Very romantic. I organized these trips to go to this church to have a concert, you know, after this decomposition of music, what Miha Ogachnik is doing, we are going then there, you know, to, with the students, he plays the violin in the church and sometimes also in, on the boat. So place is very inspirational. Then I said to myself, this school must be one of the nicest in the world, you know? I'm a very ambitious person. So I found the best architect in Slovenia, and he made the school. But of course, before I sent him to IMD Lausanne, because they are also on the lake there, although not so close as we, but still, you know, also nice school. And I sent him to some other places, because he had to understand that the management school is a business meeting place not a school, that people come, that must be big corridors, big terraces, places where people come together, meet and talk, you know. So he understood that and he really made, you know, from everywhere where you stand, you have beautiful views, a lot of windows, you know, everywhere, because it's so beautiful outside. So it's good to, to look through the windows. And then and then I said, I want to have beautiful paintings because I go to different schools and offices, etc. And I'm so disappointed I don't see any painting anywhere or hardly anything or just some posters somewhere. But if they are beautiful posters, it's fine too. So I decided to have like Slovenian window on the world. I wanted to have Slovenian paintings. And then I went to companies 
who were contributing to the building. And I said, why don't you give us one beautiful painting out of your collection so that we, and then we shall write down, kindly donated by you. And do you know that I collected 200 paintings? I bought perhaps five, but all the rest I collected from the companies. And, uh, and this is so wonderful now there. Uh, and uh, it's really inspirational, you know, because you know what is art doing? Art is shocking, provoking, and inspiring. Most of art is inspiring, but I also have some paintings that are very much provoking. And so people are standing there and looking and thinking what it is, you know. is It's black and red, and then they say, is that ideological or whatever? And somebody said that I have, that we have in our school, the second best, uh, how do you say, corporate collection of art in Slovenia. One bank is the better one than we are. Amazing. Congratulations for all these achievements, uh, Danica. I love it. I, I love it. I love it. So listen, we are getting into the end of our podcast and I have two more questions. You are pioneer in the world of art and management and you started very early on. And I wonder what has changed since you started and how we can get to see more of these initiatives more deans, more business managers like you that understand how powerful art can be in building the leaders of the future? Yeah, you know, perhaps I'm not pioneer in that because I saw some famous uh, professors uh, in the world. Uh, then I saw this, um, you know, now I forgot the name, but I saw the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra conductor who was, you know, going around with his orchestra or with his musicians and explaining on that and writing even a book about that, you know. I read his book. So, so perhaps I'm not really a pioneer, but I am somebody for sure who is developing this as a serious uh, subject at the university, at the faculty for postgraduate studies and executive education too in our school. So that I do, and I hope, to continue with that, you know, even when I shall retire one day, I shall deal, continue to deal with that because this is something really very much rewarding. What I see from the beginning till now is that people are, as I mentioned already, people are much more understanding that. They are much more seeing what that can bring in the curriculum, you know, and also other institutions are seeing more. And they would like to do that, but they don't know. Some deans are, you know, advanced and they want to do, but they don't know how to do it. They did not invest. You know, we invested in people. We brought them there. I'm always listening to almost every time there and, and telling something how perhaps, you know, we have conversations about that. So investment is necessary and, of course, the practice. But you know what it was, was important in my case? In my case, it was important that I was a dean who believed in that. So I did not need to ask 10 commissions whether we can do that, you know. I did it because I liked it. And then other teachers were following me. And I employed only people, the faculty members, who are really interested in that too, even if they teach something else. Even our professor of finance, you know, Coming from IMD Lausanne, the great professor, one of the best in the world, probably in finance, he also started to turn on the music during the, 
the lectures or I mean not lectures but the breaks etc you know it's it is very special to see how this has a big impact and one last thing I would like to say is that we are now going to make a big research now I have two young researchers whom I made interested in and they we shall make research with our alumni what did I get from that how did I remember that what, what that brought to them you know to their inner life and how did they become better managers because of that, if they see the connection and how they see it, etc. We need to make that. I think you touch a very important point, which I call the, the commitment. For me, on a personal level, I don't believe that there are creative and innovative companies. There are innovative and creative people that build those companies. And behind every uh, successful creative company, or in that case, a business school, there is a first name and a last name. And I'm very happy that uh, we're having you, uh, Professor Danica Purg. It's so exciting. So first of all, uh, count on me to support in any way that I can. So when you have the research, let me know. We will have another podcast discussing only the results of the research. But I want to finish with one last um, question. A few years back, the former president of Slovenia actually encouraged you to think about running for presidency. But you decided against it because you wanted to do with the school much more. So what is your vision? <laughs> That is still the case, you know. It, it is very difficult for me to imagine to go somewhere else because I'm all the time thinking like every entrepreneur because I'm primarily entrepreneur, intellectual entrepreneur. Every entrepreneur is thinking, I didn't finish the project yet, you know. I want to make it still more, you know, more rounded and perfect, etc. That's one thing. Although, on the other side, I have to tell you, this seemed seem to me many times attractive because, again, I see the change. I could do many things as a leader uh, to change the country, to do the things uh, well. I have plenty of ideas how I could make life of some people better, But um, still, I, I, I could not decide and I shall certainly or most probably not decide, not anymore in this age, you know. I, I think I shall stay with the school as long as I can and I shall develop the meaningful studies and work. Professor Danica Purg, it was such a great pleasure. I wish that your energy will stay contagious as it is I'm positive listeners already feel this uh, energy I can only wish that you will create more and more uh, leaders that will change the world I'm very grateful for the work that you have been doing and for the time that you took to share with us all your thoughts and knowledge thank you very much it was a great pleasure and you had great questions thank you thank you thank you Danica The world is changing quickly. It is more complex, more demanding, more challenging to predict. In this environment, are the methodologies, processes or strategies used in the business education still relevant? Are they sufficient? As an MBA graduate myself, I learned to value the importance of the intangible aspects of the business. What we name soft skills. Maybe a better word is human skills. My experience showed me that methodologies are good. But if people are not buying into your vision, nothing can help. I learned that no matter how excellent a professional you are, you cannot succeed by yourself. You need people who trust you and will go all the way with you. I learned 
that when we observe the world and listen, but really listen, we actually can come up with better solutions to real problems. All of these aspects of business, envisioning, leading people, inspiring or inventing are skills or attitude, as Danica mentioned, that can be found in the arts. So next time you enter a business class and an artist stands there, give her a chance. You might be surprised. Until the next time, have a great week. Thanks again for choosing us, listening to us, and staying with us till now. We know that with so many content out there, you chose to listen to this one. So thank you for that. We are producing our podcast without any help. So if you find this valuable for you, I will be super grateful if you can help us spread the word by leaving a rating or a review. It will take you less than a minute and it's really, really valuable for us. Special thanks to Daniel Duran who mixed and mastered this episode and Abigail Dyson, our wonderful intern who helped us put this podcast out there. If you're interested in working with us and upskilling your team's capabilities, if you are looking to hone and develop an artistic mindset, then I would recommend you to check our workshops and training. All the information is available on our website. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Our previous shows are available on our website, www.theartian.com slash podcast. Each episode includes show notes, guest recommendations, videos, and other materials. We can also be found on our LinkedIn page, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And you can reach us directly via email at podcast at theartian.com. Once again, thanks for listening. I will be here waiting for you on another episode of The Artian Podcast. Podcast.